that's needed. Please sign up to help with cooking. Please let Cherie know if you can assist, Cherie Nicholson, if you can assist with setup, serving, or cleaning up after because she has uh, plenty to do and she needs plenty of help. The men's ministry, we're going to meet tomorrow, October the 30th at 7 p.m. in the fellowship hall. It's a really important meeting um, considering the day and time we live in and all men, we really need you on board, okay? David Clifton, there's a huge need for camera operators who can help. Please see David if you can help. Good way to earn some um, volunteer hours if anybody needs that. And another thing I was thinking when Perry was at, and is at Free Chapel and will be there this morning and tonight, and if it goes on, that'll be up to them. But he said that there were like 50,000 people that were watching online. So they have to know what they're doing online to get this production out. So this is a very serious need that David Clifton has asked for. So think about that. And that could be another reason. You know, we are delayed in his coming. We want everything just, you know, perfect, you know, top-notch for the Lord. Divas meeting is going to be Saturday, November the 11th. That's the weekend after next at 10 a.m. in the fellowship hall. The message and uh, the theme is Celebrating November Christmas by Cherie Wood. Holiday refreshments will be provided. Amen. And we thank you for that. All right. All right. Let's stand together this morning. Good to see you in God's house. Amen. Well, let's pray and believe the Lord this morning. Let's continue to pray for the nation of Israel and uh, the peace of Jerusalem. And let's ask the Lord just to squash what the enemy is doing there and for him to bring a swift end and close and victory, you know, for Israel. And uh, let's also pray for our nation and remember that we are in dire need, you know, across our nation for revival. And I believe that revival is happening in, in many places many ways and in many places but we need for it to spread like wildfire across our nation so we want to believe God for that today as we pray and call upon his great name amen so father in Jesus name right now we just come before your holy throne we thank you father we say that you are good God God, as we lift up the nation of Israel today, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, Psalm 83, Psalm 122 over them. And Father, we ask in the name of Jesus today that you will move, God, in heaven. The pit that the enemy has dug, God caused them to fall into it in Jesus' name. We pray for those hostages, Lord, to be loosed and liberated and set free in the name of Jesus. Send your angel, O God. Send your angel, Lord, to deliver them. You're able to open that prison door for them, God. Let, let the adversary be smitten with blindness, Lord. And Father, let your people be walk out free in the name of Jesus. We pray today, Father God, for our nation. We praise you and thank you right now for your goodness, your mercy that endures forever to all generations. And Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your protection over us, God. We pray that you will expose every work of the adversary, no matter where he's at, no matter where he's hiding. God, that you will expose it, Lord. Let it be made known in Jesus' name. Any conniving strategy that they're up to, God, that you will reveal it in the name of Jesus, Lord. We pray that you will stop and nullify every work of the enemy. And Father, we ask God for revival, more, more, more of your spirit to be poured out across this nation. 
Let people's eyes be open, their ears be open to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for it today. Believe that we receive it. Have your way in this house, O Lord. Pour out your spirit. Show up and show out. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Let's give him some praise this morning. So good to see you this morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Put your praise on this morning. Amen. Another beautiful day. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He's given us this time right now as a present to pursue Him and the things of God. Amen. He shames every
Jehovah Nisi fights your battles, yes Lord. Jehovah Nisi fights your battles. Jehovah Jireh meets your need. Jehovah Rapha heal your body. Jehovah Shalom be your peace.
Lord. Right up. We honor you, Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is liberty in this house. Liberty in this house, Lord. Liberty, freedom and liberty in this house. There is a sound coming from heaven. Can you hear it? Will you receive it? It's a sound of life. It's a sound of freedom. It's available to you right now. There's a sound coming from heaven. A mighty sound. The thunderous voice of our God. And he says to live, live. Lift up your hands and let me cause you to live. To live right now in the middle of this mess in the middle of the battle there is a sound lift up your voice we bless you lord we bless you lord you are the captain you are the one that leads us into that place complete, perfected victory. Amen. We speak that over these people today, Lord. Your victory. Your absolute victory, oh God, in every situation. Your body lines up in the name of the Lord with the word of the Lord. If there's an ailment, it breaks in Jesus' name. Thank you. Yeah. 
against every weapon that's formed The thief and his plans will pass over When he sees the red on the door I plead the blood Plead your blood this morning the blood of Jesus.
Oh, they will come. They will come. They will come. They will come. I don't care what dark, demonic force has captivated their eyes. We break that in the name of Jesus. We break that. We pronounce freedom and liberty to every captive in the name of Jesus. your blood, your precious blood breaks chains and breaks bondage. Your blood allows us to see what we need to see. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood, your blood, your precious, holy blood, the blood of God, the atoning cleansing. Give him another yes. praise this morning. Come on, lift him up. Yes, we lift you lift up, him Jesus. Up. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Ushers, you may come. Amen. And aren't the fresh flowers beautiful on both sides yes, of the stage? Yes, they are. I'm telling you, those colors just, only God can do colors like that. 
My Technicolor, I don't even know what you would call that. That is absolutely gorgeous. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe we're in for a mm, good word of the Lord. We've just had our hearts prepared with worship. Amen. Amen. So thankful for all you guys. Thankful for all the guests that have come today too. And uh, we're honored to have you. Honored to host you here today. Amen. And uh, come back anytime. You're welcome here. These doors are open for you. Amen. We, when you walk through one time, we consider you ours. That's <laughs> the way it is. You're marked. Amen. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to yes, give once again today. God, you love a cheerful giver, so <laughs> I'm cheerful. God, we're giving. <laughs> so we thank you, God, for your blessings. And God, meet every need according to what yes, they need, Lord. whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, whatever they need, God, bless them accordingly. In the name of Jesus Christ. And all the saints said. Amen. 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 <clears throat> I will. Let's go ahead and stand together for the reading of the word this morning. Good to see you in God's house again. Amen. Amen. I know you've heard that about four or five times, but nonetheless. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray in the spirit just for a few moments. Can we do that? Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Oh, we worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord.
Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise. Yes, Lord. <clears throat> mhm. Mm Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Psalm 85. Psalm 85. Start reading with verse number one. Then we'll go to Psalm 38. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of the people. Thou hast covered all their sin, Selah. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation. And cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Verse 6. Wilt thou not revive us again? That thy people may rejoice in thee. What a powerful psalm. What a powerful psalm. Verse number six is the verse of hope. Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Psalm 138. I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. In the day when I cried, you answered me, strengthened me with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. Somebody say, thank God. 
but the proud he knows afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. And then Hosea chapter 14. O Israel, let's just say church, return unto the Lord thy God. For thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. That's a good word for the church. Say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. Neither will we say any more to the work of our hands, you're our gods. For in thee, the fatherless, find mercy. I will heal their backslidings. I will love them freely. For mine anger is turned away from him. I will be as the dew upon Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall revive as the corn and grow as the wine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. What a powerful word. Amen. Father, thank you today for your word. I ask you in Jesus' name to come and touch our hearts and minds. The Holy Spirit, we just say have your way today. God, we're here for you to move in us and through us. We pray, Lord, right now for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in this earth as it is in heaven. Help us. We need revival. We want revival. We desire revival. We believe that we stumble into revival, in and out. Father, but we want, we want prolonged revival from now till Jesus comes to spread across our nation the nations of the earth we thank you and praise you for the anointing in Jesus name we pray today and everybody said amen you may be seated this morning I want to give you a brief synopsis or let's say a history of revival this morning, reflecting on awakenings and revivals that have happened throughout time. During a revival, we could say that God supernaturally transforms believers and non-believers in a church, in a locality, in a region, in a nation. Even it can happen throughout the world as it begins to catch hold and begins to uh, take hold of the world. 
And one of the things that you see from revival is that there is an intense enthusiasm for Christianity. Need to let that sink down. That's what revival does. It brings an intense enthusiasm for Christianity. In all reality, there should not be an empty seat in God's house. That shows you the distance that we can be from the goalpost and what God desires. See, I believe when revival really truly takes hold that people line up outside and have to stand in line to get into the presence of the Lord. It's when people sense that God is so powerfully in such a way that conviction grips them, despair, contrition comes upon the hearts of men. I've seen this in my lifetime, and I'm sure that others have too, that you know, when, you, when you're preaching, I've seen entire congregations jump up and run to the altar. I've seen uh, people weep and shake under the power and the presence of the Lord coming to repentance. We see very little of that anymore in America. And that's one of the things that I believe that happens when true revival breaks out. I believe that drug addicts are set free, that the prostitute is set free. I believe that the religious and the cold stone dead are brought back to life again. I believe it is a reviving and a bringing back to life. That is what God desires, you know, for the church. That's what he desires for people. First of all, revival is for you and me. Amen. It's for you and me. And so it's when people become so thirsty and hungry for the Word of God that they cannot live without it. They want to be in God's house. They've got to read that Bible. They, they want to worship Him. They, they long, you know, for the presence of the Lord. Backsliders begin to return by the droves. It's just like this morning, you know, it's just like during praise and worship. I don't know whether anybody else experienced this or not, but I felt those angels come into this house. I felt the intense presence of the Lord. Felt that happen. And all of a sudden, I felt the tears began to flow, and I felt my heart began to be moved in the presence of God. And I'm saying, Lord, who knows? It could be right now. It could happen today. It can just, Lord, it can just burst forth. See, we, I, I, I'm asking God for full-scale, full-blown move of the Spirit of God. Revival, revival. Not, not so that we can be, you know, yeah, let's just praise him just a moment. That He's worthy of all the praise. Praise God. But, you know, to be in that, condition and, and in that place where I can't live without him. I can't breathe without him. I have to have his presence. Amen. Conversions taking place. Lives being touched and changed. And so revival and awakening sometimes can generally be synonyms and mean the same thing. Even though I feel like the revival, reviving is for you and I. I believe it's for us, and I believe it's for the church because when the church gets to where it needs to be and God begins to move, it spills over into culture, and culture begins to change, and we call that an awakening. We talk about things going woke. We need the church to go woke. We need an awakening in the body of Jesus Christ. 
Right now, I believe that what we have by and large is, is, is a lot of people jockeying for power within the body of Christ. I believe we have some people in competition. It's not about competition. It's about that lowly state that this exalted God would come down in the midst of us graciously and in his goodness and mercy would touch us and revive us in our frailty and our weaknesses in the condition that we're in because God loves to do that. Because just about the time that Satan begins to count us out, God rises in the midst of us, breathes life back into us, even though we're threatening to become a dead corpse, and we live again in Jesus. Somebody say, I want to live again, hallelujah. And I know you know what I'm talking about. God, I want to live again. I want to feel that life on the inside. I want it pulsating through every part of my being. I want that song down in my heart and in my soul. Lord, I don't want just the religionomics of it. I want the reality of it every single day and everything that happens in my life, Lord, the awareness of God. See, I'm very aware that right now that people could pull in off the highway by the droves. All God has to do is, is move. God, move. All he needs to do is just his presence come. Do you understand right now that while the race is going on in Martinsville, while people are getting ready and keyed up for that, that the Holy Ghost of heaven can move on them and they can turn around and say, I don't know why I'm doing it, but I'm just going to drive to church this morning. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be at the racetrack. See, I'm talking about a God that can stop anybody at any place at any time and say, it's time to take a checkup from the neck down 18 inches. It's time to take an, uh, a, a look inside and see the condition of your heart. You just, it's, the, the amazing God that we serve is able to bring people under conviction riding up and down the highway to, to weep uncontrollably. Coming under conviction can happen this morning with you sitting here. If you're, in a, if you're in a cold and indifferent state, and sometimes we don't even know how far away from God that we are how cold that we have become, how apathetic that we are, how dislocated from the presence of God that we have become, disconnected, dangerous. It's a dangerous place to be to understand, you know, that I could be swinging over the flames of hell and not even realize it. And so this morning, as we take a view through revival, I want to point out a few things to you about that I believe that America has had a deep, rich history of America, of revival, and, and the nations of the earth. And I believe that even here we've had a deep, rich move of the Spirit of God since 1984, five. And that right there when we came, God has moved so graciously. But I believe that God wants to break in upon us in ways that he never has before, like the Holy Spirit was saying this morning. And we need to be attuned to that. Say, Lord, let that be me. Let me be the one that runs to the altar. Let me be the one that's overcome by the Holy Spirit. Let me be the one that is of a contrite and a broken heart. Let me be the one, God, that gets transformed and changed by your presence. Lord, God in heaven, let me put aside my pride or what I care about what people think. Lord, but just let it be me that just gets up and starts trembling in your presence, makes my way to the altar and gets transformed and changed. Amen. 
I think that we would be surprised at the stuff that we could, women could pull out of their pocketbooks and men could get out of their pockets and, and things that we could get rid of that have crept into our lives. Hello, somebody. See, that's what revival does. Somebody say, revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. See, revival is a well-traveled road. In the awakening of 1734 and 1743, in December of 1734, the first revival of historic significance broke out in Northampton, Massachusetts. Listen to me. Where a young Jonathan Edwards was pastor. After months of fruitless labor, he reported five or six converts. And listen to what he said. One young woman, he wrote, she had been one of the great company keepers. Now, I hope you caught that. She'd been one of the great company keepers in the whole town. He feared her conversion would douse the flame that he had been praying for. But quite the opposite took place. 300 souls converted in six months after this lady got delivered from whoredom. Come on, somebody. In the town of 1,100 people, the news spread like wildfire and similar revivals broke out in over 100 towns starting in Philadelphia in 1739. Somebody give God praise right there. See, you never know what God is up to and who he's touching and moving upon because God takes the person that other people say, well, if that one, I don't know about that one, you know, Lord. I, you know, maybe about this one. But I've, I've come to find out, I said, God, I want the stinky fish. I want that one that everybody throws away. I want the one that people say, ain't no way they're going to get saved. They're not coming to Jesus. They're too drugged up, doped up, messed up, sexed up. There's no way. God, you can forget You can forget that. If they get saved, people are going to move on the other side of the church when they walk through the door that morning before they ever give the heart to Jesus. But I'm telling you, that is the person that God is looking for. And you, if that's you, I'm praying for you to know Jesus. Because I know the moment that God's blood touches your life, you're going to get transformed. And so it's important, you know, when I read history of revival, listen to this. In 1739, George Whitfield, a dramatic preacher, began preaching. He was a like striking a match, they said, to the already underway awakening that was taking place. And an estimated 80% of Americans, 900,000 colonists, personally heard Whitfield preach. He became America's first celebrity. I love this historically, reading this story that one man came out because he would have crowds of like 80,000 people. It would be like zero degree weather. It would be snow on the ground. One reporter came out and said, I want to find out where George Whitfield gets his power. And so he followed him one day as he watched him walk out of the walk out of the town and go out in the woods. And he took it, he had his big old coat on and he had that Bible, that big old Bible under his arms. <clears throat> and he walked out into the woods and he saw an old stump and he brushed the snow off the top of it. And then he took that big overcoat off, that heavy coat, and he laid it on the ground. 
The news reporter was hiding over in the woods and he watched him begin to pray. He said an hour went by, two hours went by, three hours went by, and he said the snow around him began to melt. He said a four-foot circumference, a five-foot circumference. Eight hours later, there was an, there was an eight foot circumference around him and he was praying and crying out to God. His voice was like thunder, he said, as he cried out to God. And when he had got through praying, he simply reached down, got his coat, brushed it all, put it back on, picked up his Bible, went to town. And you know what happened that night, don't you? Revival broke out. God moved. Lives were touched and changed. And the awakening just kept on awakening people out of sin. What do I learn about this is that prayer is one of the key ingredients for, for a move of God to happen. You have to pray. I said you have to pray. I remember growing up in my house in the early 70s and the late 90s and my mother and my grandmother had became born again. They both had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. They began to have home prayer meetings and it was nothing to have a bunch of old gray-headed gray uh, old ladies in the house where I was just a teenage boy without a shirt on and a pair of short shorts. And those women in there going, I'm like, I'm getting out of here as quick as I can. I'd go fire my old Mustang up and head up the road. But you know what? Conviction was after me. Come on, somebody. I said conviction was after me. It's the key ingredient to a move of God, wailing and moaning and crying out to him, God, I want revival. I've heard them talk about it. I've heard them tell stories about it. Father God, I've even heard other people testify how they got changed, but I want revival myself. I want it inside here. I want it out there. I want it outside. I want it to hit like a bomb and I want an awakening to take place. You've heard me tell the story. My mother prayed through for me four hours in a prayer meeting one night, fell out under the power four hours into that prayer, into laying out in the Holy Ghost. God spoke to her that he would save me. It would be four years later before I ever walked or ever knelt to ask Jesus to come into my heart. But I can tell you this, I wish that when she'd have told me, she said, son, I prayed for you tonight in a prayer meeting. I went out in the Holy Ghost for four hours. True story, she told me this. And then a few days later, she said, I had a dream about me and your dad and your brother in heaven, but you weren't there. Conviction gripped my heart. I couldn't go play cards with, with a clear conscience. I couldn't go hang out with the gang with a clear conscience. I could go out to two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning. I couldn't have a clear conscience. Are you listening to me? No matter what I was doing, no matter what sin I was trying to enjoy, there was conviction that was upon my life because the dealings of God were there. And when I would, the first thing I would think about every time, somebody say, you want a drink of this? You want some of this? You want some of that? I would be thinking Jesus could come. The trumpet could sound. I mean, I might go to hell. I had all this stuff on my mind, but I still didn't give my heart to Jesus. But my mama's prayers followed me. They wouldn't let go of me. They were like barbed wires that had wrapped themselves around me and the convicting power of the Holy Ghost seized me. Hallelujah. In an apartment building, broken, ready to commit suicide, kneeling down on the floor, I said, Jesus, you got me now. What I didn't understand is that the devil's the one that brought me to the point of lowness and he was hoping that I would take my life. 
The thing about it is that Jesus had already set me up because my mama had already prayed. The angel had been released so that I wouldn't kill myself, so that I would be born again and come into the kingdom of God. Now say amen, church. Hallelujah. And I'm standing here this morning as a testimony. God answers prayer. And I can tell you that God is going to answer prayer. We are going to have revival like we've never seen revival. God is going to pour out his spirit. He's going to move in mighty ways. The blind will see. The lame will walk. My God, I wouldn't be surprised if you grew a leg and jumped out of the wheelchair this morning. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be surprised if you got up and started running. My God is able. He's able. What are you praying for? What are you believing God for? See, I'm talking about this Jesus that I know that walks on water, that calms the storms, that wipes blindness out of eyes, that makes the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak, to walk through and say, Brandon, get out of that wheelchair. To say, Bailey, rise up. Wouldn't it be a miracle if he began to walk around and still didn't have the rest of that leg on his right, on his left side? But he could still walk. Be like Ronald Coyne, who didn't have an eyeball in his head, but he could cover his good eye and read driver's license and names and letters and anything that you wanted because God is a wonder worker and he likes to make people wonder and he's getting ready to show up in the body of Christ and do something that we've never seen before. Woo! My God. Then the second great awakening of 1800 and 1840. One in 15 of America's population of 5,300,000 belonged to an evangelical church. There was a Presbyterian minister by the names of James Greedy, McGreedy, president over a, <laughs> excuse me, but he presided over strange spiritual manifestations that began to happen. It was taking place in Logan County, Kentucky, and I think about my friend Lance Johnson, man who's preaching revival fire all over Kentucky. Kentucky's on fire right now. It's burning for Jesus. God burned Patrick County with the glory. Listen, listen, listen. The resulting camp meeting revivals drew thousands as far away as Ohio. And Reverend Gradner Spring reported that for the next 25 years after that move of God, not a single month passed without news of a revival somewhere taking place in that town. Somebody give God praise. See what I'm telling you. What I'm telling you is that the last revival that happened, the residue of that's still around, but God's saying that's okay because it's smoldering and it's burning, but the breath of the Holy Ghost is about to breathe upon it, and you're talking about a raging fire beginning to rise up and come. You're getting ready to see a move of God, a move of the Spirit. And so we say, breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Breathe upon us, Holy Spirit. And then in 1824, Charles Finney began a career that would eventually convert 500,000 people to Jesus. Look at somebody say, things just don't happen. Things don't happen. Things just don't happen. 
Listen. 100,000 were converted in Rochester, New York in 1831 alone, causing the revival to spread to 1,500 towns. Whoa, somebody say, whoa, man. Almost said coal, man. Maybe I need to put some coal on the fire. Amen. By 1850, the nation's population exploded fourfold to 23 million people. But those connected to evangelical churches grew nearly tenfold. From 7% to 13% of the population, from 350,000 to 3 million church members. See, what I'm telling you is what it looked like before is not going to look like what it's going to be. Look at somebody say, things are getting ready to change. Say, are you a world changer? Are you a world changer? Because if you're a person that'll pray and get a hold of God, you're like my mama. You're saying, God, I ain't letting go until you tell me what you're going to do. I am going to see my boy born again. I'm going to see revival. Come on. I'm hungry for revival. Pour out your spirit. See, the movers and the shakers of the times is what you want. It's easy to come and ride the wave, but it's another thing to birth it. Come on. It's another thing to, to rub your wife's belly and say, man, that's beautiful. What's on the inside of you is beautiful. But it's another thing to give birth to that beautiful thing that's on the inside of you. Come on. While you're screaming and pushing and pressing and you feel like I'm in a, within a, just a fraction of losing my life, there's something being birthed. Come on. It's like travail of heaven and earth and you're wondering, God, can I take this? Can I do it? Can I birth it? All of a sudden you hear that, And the mama goes, thank God. And daddy goes, it's a boy. Oh, it's a girl. And everybody else says, thank God it's here. But see, that's the way revival is. It's when you get to the point that you feel like that you've done everything you know to do. You prayed every prayer you know to pray. You've fasted all kinds of things. You know how to fast. You've longed for it. You've craved for it. You've been disappointed. You've been let down. You've been stomped on. You've been spit on and discouraged. And yet you're saying, Lord, I don't understand this, but I know one thing. I am holding you to your word that in the last days you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh. You have to send revival. You've got to send a great awakening. It is your last plan for the hope of the world, for this harvest to come in. And Jesus, I'm looking for revival. And I want to be in the middle of it. Then in 1857 and 1858, you had the businessman's revival. In 1857, the North Dutch, excuse me, the North Dutch Church in New York City hired a businessman by the name of Jeremiah Lamthier. I remember this some years ago. To be a lay missionary, he prayed, Lord, what do you want me to do? Concerned by the anxious faceness of businessmen, when he saw them on the streets of New York City, Lamphere decided to open churches at noontime for prayer. He said, man, these guys just can't be walking around here of town, New York. You understand why the devil hates New York? Massachusetts, do you know why the devil hates California? 
It's because of revivals of past. Listen, the first meeting was set for September the 23rd. Three weeks before the bank panic of 1857. Six attended the first week. 20 attended the second week. 40 attended after that. Then all of a sudden, they had to switch over to daily meetings. Mm. Before long, all the spaces were taken and all the other churches also began to open up for the businessmen's prayer meetings. Ah, somebody say praise God. Revivals broke out everywhere in 1857, spreading throughout the United States and world, sometimes called the Great Prayer Meeting Revival. Mm. An estimated one million people were added to America's church rolls. I'll take some of that. And as many as one million of the four million existing church members also converted. Whoa. Then you have the Civil War revival of 1861 and 1865. I thought this was real interesting. It said the bitter dispute over slavery thrust our nation into the deadliest war that we've ever experienced. By the end, 620,000 Americans lay dead, one out of every 50 of three, 31 million people counted in the 1860 census. That's a lot of people dead. At the start of the Civil War in 1861, it seemed as though the soldiers for both sides had left their Christianity and homes and gone morally berserk. Is that what America looks like right now? Huh? By eight, listen to this, by, by 1862, the tide turned. Somebody say, just like that. Just like that. First among the Confederate forces, an estimated 300,000 soldiers were converted and evenly divided between the southern and the northern armies. I hope that you learned that when we were talking about the businessmen revival, the Civil War revival, that you understand sometimes that something bad happens that motivates people to move toward God. The urban revivals of 1875 and 1885. Young businessman by the name of Dwight L. Moody. Everybody ever heard that name? Participated in the great revival of 1857 as it swept Chicago. Moody later conducted revivals throughout the British Isles where, where he spoke in more than 2,500,000 to, to, to that many people at one time. In 1875, Moody returned home and began revivals in America's biggest cities. Hundreds of thousands were converted and millions were inspired by the greatest soul winner of his generation. Now, I want you to listen to this. At this time, the general worldview of Americans was shifting away from a Christian census. Darwinism and higher criticism was gaining traction, and Moody became the first evangelist to come under attack. Accused of making religion the opiate of the masses. By the turn of the 20th century, the mood of the country was changing. Outside the church, it was the era of radio and movies and the jazz age. World War I led up to a moral, break, a moral meltdown and led to the roaring 20s. 
And when that era came to an abrupt end in October 29 of 1929, which was followed by the Great Depression, there was surprisingly little interest in spiritual revival. That sounds like America. Hold on, listen. Inside the church, a half century long battle raged between evangelicalism and theological liberalism. Sounds like what's happening right now. Which had penetrated major denominations. The effect was that the 20th century revivals were more limited in scope and lacked the broad impact on society of earlier awakenings. See what God is telling us. He said, when the church becomes like tender, the fire's gonna be greater. Hello. It's all right to have a few old moss backs sitting around. Somebody say, what's a moss back? <laughs> I ain't telling you. But what God is saying is this. He says, look, when everybody thinks it's over, it's just about to get started. When everybody thinks that it's coming to an end, it's just about to begin. And so we begin to stumble into moves of God. And then you had the urban, I mean, the um, revivals of 1905 and 1906. Word of the Welsh revival in 1904, 1905, the Welsh, the Welsh revival. They were uh, uh, Welsh-speaking settlers that came to Pennsylvania in late 1904. And when they got here, revival broke out. Isn't it amazing how you can carry revival from one place to the other? That's what I liked about going to Toronto, liked about going to, uh, to Pensacola, down to Brownsville, liked about going to, uh, to, to Kansas City, liked about going to where these revivals were taken because I knew what I was going for. It's like going grocery shopping. I'm going out here to get me some prophetic. I'm going over here to get me some fire. And I'm going out here to get me some goofy manifestations. Somebody said, what do you mean by goofy manifestations? That's where people just look like tornadoes spinning, people jumping up and dancing, people crying out like an owl, a hoot owl, or is barking like a dog, or doing something crazy. Somebody may take off and run. You never know what's going to happen because when the Holy Ghost gets moving, it could be a phenomenal where Kenneth, e. H Kenneth Hagin talks about dancing off of the stage out in midair, never open your eyes and don't even realize your foot on, 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 on solid ground because God was holding the lady up and she just danced right back over the platform. Somebody say amen. Say, we need God to show up. Do something that will cause your meltdown in your brain. So how did they do that? How did that happen? See, I'm going to tell you, when God shows up, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Lord, by 1905, local revivals blazed in places like Brooklyn, Michigan, Denver, Nebraska, North, North and South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia, Taylor University, Yale University, Asbury University, and Wilmore, Kentucky, then Billy Sunday, who became a key figure about this time, preached to more than 100 million people with an estimated 1 million or more being converted. And when I was reading that about the revivals of 05 and 06, I didn't see Virginia in there. I said, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute, where's Virginia? 
Somebody say, where's Virginia? Where's Virginia? I'm reminded of a prophetic word that a prophet spoke years ago. He said, listen, God speaks to me and says that Virginia, the old dominion state, is going to be the new dominion state. In other words, he said, get ready, old dominion state, to become the new dominion because God is going to manifest himself in you and show his power and his glory across the state in Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. We need God in Virginia. Thank God for a good governor. Amen. Need to pray over this election that's coming up. Listen. Then the Azusa Street Revival of 1906. We're very familiar with that one. The Azusa Street Revival. Mm Mm-hmm. 312 Azusa Street. Do you know that when... William Seymour went there and had prayed and sought God, beginning those prayer meetings, believing God to move and bring revival, that they actually dismissed him. Go, get out of here, man, you're crazy. Say, you're crazy. Wow. (laughs) But then, after months of consecrated prayer, the interracial crowds became so large. Mm, they acquired a dilapidated Methodist church at 312 Azusa Street. And the rest, rest is history. The result, the resulting Pentecostal movement and the later charismatic movement was birthed out of that. Somebody say hallelujah to God. But did you know after prayer that they still weren't seeing God move like they wanted him to and then the earthquake happened in San Francisco and shook the city to the ground and instantly the churches overflowed and I was thinking to myself my God could it be that if America is attacked on her native soil by terrorists simultaneously from the west coast to the east coast? Would it possibly cause the churches to fill up in America? Come on, somebody. I say, are we so cold or have we so far gone? Is it so dark in our nation that we can't even be awakened by stuff that's going on around us and knowing the real threat that's out there? Oh, but when you understand God, God, whatever it takes to wake up America, wake up America. Somebody said, how can you say that? If you'd have been here last night, you'd have known because I preached on angels last night. My angel is with me. He's protecting me. He's delivering me. He's watching over me. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fears him and delivers them. And guess what? In that same promise he gives in Psalm 91 says, he will cause your foot to walk right on solid ground, that angel angel will. But at the end of that, he says, with long life, your God is going to satisfy you and he's going to show you his salvation. Somebody say, thank God for long life. Wow. Mm-hmm. God, help me pull this in. See, you, you, then you have the post-war World War II awakening with evangelists like Bill Bright, Billy Graham, Dr. T.L. Lowry, Oral Roberts. All these moves that God birthed from that, the charismatic renewal 
and the Jesus movement that came. We're very familiar with that. A movie was just put out. If you, Some of you probably went to see the movie. But see, the first strand of this charismatic renewal was spread beyond. It went into the Pentecostal churches. It went into the holiness churches. It went to college campuses. It went into the Catholic church of all places. God will go anywhere he's let, he's let in. Amen. Mainline denominations. Then the second strand, the widely publicized Jesus movement emphasized turning from drugs, sex, radical politics to taking the Bible at face value and finding Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Surprisingly, this revival spread to college campuses. The one that was mostly notable was the Asbury Revival in 1970. Remember just a few months ago, God moved. Moved, not like he did right, not right then, but he moved. He moved. He moved. It broke out in Lee University. It broke out in Texas. It broke out in other places as well. But within a week of 1970, this revival at Asbury, within a week, revival spread throughout the entire country. In 1976, America elected a born-again Christian as president. I wonder if that could happen now. Amen. Then you have the mid-1990s revival. Brownsville, you know, Modesto, Melbourne, you know, Toronto, all those places where God broke out. But I, I want you to get this. We're on the cusp. I said we're on the cusp. We're on the cusp. Looking back through history, sometimes it took something horrific to cause people to turn to God. Earthquakes, diseases, all kinds of stuff. Look at America. We had a crisis of COVID-19. Churches emptied. They didn't get filled. People became so fear-filled instead of power-filled. Hear me. Man, we got to have something in us that we know that's greater than what's in the world. Then we had October the 7th of the, of the unprovoked attack of Hamas upon Israel. Then we hear the rhetoric coming from our own nation's intelligence that tells us to be on high alert. We know that our borders are breached and we have had millions stream across our border. But by large, we've had so much ignorance that's existed in America in people is that we think that it's a good thing. Every nation in the Bible had borders. And it's not a good thing when you do not protect your border. For instance, let me ask you a question. How many live in a house? How many consider your yard and your perimeter my boundary? Don't cross my boundary. Don't be bringing your stuff across my line. Don't bring that junk in my backyard. Don't be carrying it in my house. You're on my property, get out. And so we have a right. Somebody said Israel has every right to protect her borders. 
Amen. She has clear borders. God gave it to Israel. He promised it to Abraham. It's clearly marked out. It's laid out in the Bible. Mr. President, listen. Congress, Senate, listen. Read the Bible. Read the book. It's in there. Don't try to take something that God gave to somebody. And so the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering to myself, God, I said, here we are. We're so vulnerable. And I know that there are terror cells that cr- across this nation that are riddled across this nation. Are we so vulnerable right now that our intelligence has not picked up? Like Israel's intelligence did not pick up on what was getting ready to happen to them. See, I have, I know and I understand that before we get out of this church service, we could be under attack in America. But I've got a word this morning. Hell is coming under attack by the Holy Ghost and by the angels of heaven and by the God that we serve. Why? Because heaven is highly activated right now. If you understand anything, we were talking about this last night after we got home. Michael, the prince of God's people, is standing as the commander of all the innumerable hosts of heaven. And there's war that's taking place for Israel right now. But there's an angel that's put over America, my friend. And it's standing right now. And it's watching to see what we are going to do as the body of Christ. Are we going to put our hand out and say, no devil, in the name of Jesus, we mark our borders. We declare the blood of Jesus Christ. And Father, we want revival. We want an awakening. Pour out your spirit. We have to have this. The message is simple. God became flesh. He put this on so he could relate to you and me so that he could save me from going to hell. He had to become flesh. He had to become blood. He had to come as the sinless, spotless sacrifice for you and me. Do you understand that Jesus died for you on the cross? God, almighty son. God gave his son as a sacrifice. God hung on the cross and died. The man part. Dear God, he loves me. He loves you. He's so ferocious. His love burns for you and me. He he loves us. He loves us so much that he was willing to do that. And you don't think that he would revive his people after he saved them? I believe so. God's sitting up on his throne and the devil's down here boasting about everything he's doing like he always does, full of pride and arrogance. Look at what I'm doing to Israel. Look what I'm doing in China. Look at what I'm doing in North Korea. Look at what I'm doing in, 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 uh, in, in Saudi Arabia. Look what I'm doing in, in Iran. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Look, at, look what I'm doing in America. Look at all the people that are messed up. And there's churches on every corner. God, your people don't care. Your people don't care. And God is sitting there and he's just like, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm one of those will sees. I said, I'm one of those will sees. Oh, we'll see. 
I've already had my chance to quit. I've already had my chance to run. I've already had my chance to give it in and give it up. I've already had the pain and the hurt and the misery and the heartache and the brokenness. I've already had the hell to walk through in this life. And I'm not quitting now, devil. I want you to know that this Jesus that I serve is greater in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise God. <laughs> Glory. Glory to God. This thing ain't over. It has not got started yet. I was listening to the Holy Spirit and what he was saying this morning. You know what God's saying? He said, it's time to fine tune yourself. It's time to put your hearing ears on and your seeing eyes instead of saying, yes, sir, reporting for duty. And I'm not talking about reporting for duty. I'm talking about reporting for duty. Some of you get that when you get home. Come on. Amen. <laughs> See, he looks down from heaven and he sees. He sees his bride. Woo! Jesus talked about friends of the bridegroom. He looks down and he sees his bride. My garments are unspotted. They are white as snow. I'm standing ready to get married to Jesus. Somebody say amen. I'm waiting on the Savior to come. I'm waiting on him to appear in the clouds. But like I told somebody last night, don't you rapture me out of here until I've kicked the devil's teeth out of his head. Don't you rapture me out of here. I'll be flying through the air saying, take that devil in the name of Jesus while I'm going up in the air. I'm telling you, God is a winner. We're winners. Stand on your feet and pray. Him. Stand up and give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise team, come up. Woo! Come on, praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. God has gone up with a shout. Hallelujah. Shout with a voice of triumph. Shout with a voice of praise. Jesus, Jesus. Do that dry bones rattling. Did you do that? Dry bones rattling. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, if you need to be born again this morning, your God loved you enough to send his son, Jesus. He gave everything that he had so that you could go to heaven. Your first step is saying, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. You start right there. You start right there. Come on, Travis, run. Run, Travis. That's where you start at. You say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Listen, my God, man. I was so scared to serve Jesus when I, before I got born again. God, if I get saved, I got to quit this, I got to quit that. I can't hang out with this, I can't go there. And uh, the devil had me so blind that I didn't understand. When I got born again, there was a whole new world that opened up. Church is the greatest thing that ever happened to this planet. Jesus is the greatest thing that ever happened for humanity. God is the greatest thing that you got going for you. If you need Jesus this morning, if you need forgiveness, if you need to be born again, I'm asking you to come this morning give your heart to Christ. I'm not going to ask people to bow their head. I'm just asking you to come. 
When you come, I'll meet you at this altar. God's going to meet you here. If you need Jesus, you need to be born again. Maybe you're here and you've drifted away from God. Maybe you know things aren't right between you and him. But he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He knows you're messed up. But he loves you. He wants to help you. I want you to come. If you need healing, whatever you need, I want you to come. We've got prayer partners that will pray with you. I'll pray with you. As they begin to sing, I want you to come. Let's get some dry bones rattling. Saturday was silent. Surely it was through. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Come on, you can do it. Friday's disappointment is Sunday's empty too. Since when has impossible ever stopped you? Yes, Lord. This is the sound of dry bones rattling. And the Lord said, if you need the fire, you need to come and get some fire this morning. Come on, you need a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to get down here. Say, I need that, Jesus. Baptize me all over again. Come on, come on. You can do it. I've got to have this. Got to have it. Got to have it. Pentecost of fire is stirring something new.
your name back in white sweater Judy Judy amen you know the Lord drew my attention to you like from beginning of service and I think something's shifting in you I really do something has something has shifted in you God is doing a fresh thing in your heart amen and one of the things that I see is I see I see things rolling away from you Things rolling away, rolling off, rolling away. And I see the I see a fresh fire, fresh touch of God upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire! Fire! Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, God is good. God is good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. See, we got to get our faith stirred up. Somebody say, get my faith stirred up. Get my faith stirred up. Get my faith stirred up. This is your assignment. Listen very carefully. How many know somebody that is lost? You know they're lost. You know they need Jesus. You know, somebody needs a miracle. This is what I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, your assignment is to get them in the house. Get them in the house. Praise God. Somebody say, get them in the house. Our precious friend, Leonard Bolin, who we prayed for for how many years? Been here two Wednesday nights in a row. 
that is God. Oh, my goodness. And I bless him today in Jesus' name. See, your assignment is to get that person and bring them to the house of God. Get them to the house of God. Get them to the house of God. Listen, I believe next Sunday morning, I know we, what is that, October 5th? Is that right? I mean, excuse me, November the 5th. I believe God is going to do something unprecedented. But I believe it hinges on you getting that person here. That's your ticket. Get them in the house of God. I believe the Holy Ghost is favorable right now to get sinners. Casting the net for the lost. Because he wants to do marvelous things. Remember, he told us, I said, For tomorrow I will do marvelous things among you. I'll do wonders among you. So we want the wonders to come. Our God to do marvelous things. And listen, this, this is a really serious thing. You know, when I'm telling you this, is that person, listen, that person, that person that needs Jesus, get them here next Sunday morning. You got a week to work on. You believe God can help you do it? I know he can. I know God can help you do it. Amen. So we want to see him do something abundantly above and beyond. Get them here. Let's see what God does. Amen. Don't forget it. We're going to be sending out reminders during the week. Send it every day. Don't forget that person that you know that's lost into the house of God Sunday morning. Amen. That's what we want. Get them here. Get them here. Pray over them. Invite them. Now listen, what did we talk about last night? What did the angels do first? Worship God. They worship God. Then they go out. They don't go fight first. They worship first. That's what your Bible teaches you. Worship God. Then go. It's a recipe a new covenant they're in there worshiping God the Holy Ghost comes he speaks and they go forth so we're going to worship God worship God get it just start singing man sing going down the road sing just worship God and then the Holy Ghost is going to say call them now call them now and believe God for the anointing to set them free the blood of Jesus to destroy the power of sin in their life. Amen. You believe that? You believe it? I believe God is telling us that he wants to do something marvelous in our eyes. Marvelous in our eyes. You believe it? I believe it. I truly believe it. I truly believe it. Amen. My God, see, we're not even worthy to be sitting in this this morning. You could never earn anything. But this, you listen, that's, that, will, that will cause something to happen. Amen. Now, I'm not even going to talk about the devil attacking because you got something greater in you than he that's in the world. Say, I haven't got time for you, devil. Get out of here. Go, go. Take a fire swatter and hit him. <laughs> Amen. Get rid of old Bill's above. Smash that dude. Amen. Boom. Get rid of him. Amen. So do that. Your assignment. 
Get that lost person. Worship God first. To say, man, you got to go with me to the house of God Sunday morning. God has assigned me to get you here Sunday morning. You cannot let me down. Put the weight on them, man. Say, you got to do this for me. You have to come. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he turn his face toward you, lift his countenance to you, be gracious unto you. And may the Lord grant you peace and empower you to get that person here next Sunday morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, you're dismissed.